All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Hello, America, and happy Friday. Wow, what a week. It was August, but it's a busy August here in Washington, D.C. We've got a killer show for you today. Three incredible guests. Rob Collins is building a conservative credit card company in the parallel economy that we keep talking about. He's the CEO and founder of COIN, spelled C-O-I-G-N, C-O-I-G-N. It's a conservative credit card company for conservatives or anyone, liberty-loving Americans who don't want to be canceled just because of their point of view, their opinions, their political preferences. He's going to give us a big update on what's going on there, what it takes to build an alternate credit company alongside Visa and the others. And what are the dangers in the marketplace for people who might be canceled in the future from financial institutions? Rob Collins, by the way, great guy. He used to be the executive director of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, also was a uh, top aide to Eric Cantor when Eric Cantor was the number two or number three in the House Republican leadership a decade or so ago. In the second block, we've got Commissioner Scott James. He is from Weld County, Colorado, and he is now running for the U.S. House in Colorado District 8, which is one of the big toss-up seats. The last race was settled by just 1,600 votes. Democrats won by a mere 1,600 votes. James is very popular in his part of the Colorado, north and west of Denver, and he's going to tell us what it's like to run what the real people on the ground in Colorado are thinking about crime, the economy, cancel culture, two-tier justice system, and all that. I love getting candidates on the front lines because you really get a sense of what they're experiencing with their constituents. So we're going to get Scott James here from Colorado, Colorado, U.S. House District 8 in the second block. And then the third block, one of my all-time favorites, we bring him on often, Tim Stewart. He is the president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. We're going to talk about those rising gas prices, Joe Biden's sudden admission that the Inflation Reduction Act really has nothing to do with reducing inflation. Oh, you know, if you heard that before, it's because you heard Tim and I talking about this more than a year ago. We warned people that this was not a Inflation Reduction Act. It might have been an Inflation Augmentation Act. Well, Tim's going to react to that and so much more. The Saudis cutting oil supplies, the state of 
drilling oil and gas, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve being drained down. What if we have a hurricane? We're going to cover all of that with my good friend, Tim Stewart, from the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. So that's a really great show today. Tim Stewart's going to anchor it. We're going to start with Rob Collins, the CEO and founder of Coin, a new conservative-friendly credit card company, and Scott James in between those two guys to tell us what it's like to run on the front lines of the 2024 election in Colorado for a one of the most closely watched U.S. House seats in the country. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages with Rob Collins, a guy building a conservative credit card company, Coin, right after this. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. All right, folks, welcome back for the commercial break. We talk a lot about the parallel economy, creating an economy for people who are appreciate freedom and don't want their opinions canceled by woke corporations or woke activists or woke investment boards. And every day there are new extraordinary examples and products that are tipping into the marketplace that achieve just that. We talk about Truth Social as an alternative to Twitter. We talk about John Rich's independent music publishing, breaking through, going to number one without having to go through woke record labels. Well, our next guest has broken into the, that same parallel economy with a very important product, a, cons, a, a, cons, a conservative credit card is what I would call it. It's basically a free speech credit card. You're not going to get canceled because of your political views. Joining me right now is the founder and CEO of COIN. By the way, that is spelled C-O-I-G-N, just so you know. The founder and CEO of COIN, Rob Collins. Rob, great to have you on the show. 
John, really appreciate it. Love uh, love the intro, and you nailed it. C-O-I-G-N.com. Yeah, you got it. It's, I like having that G. It looks a little European almost. It looks good. It's, uh, but it's <laughs> yeah. very American, actually. Uh, tell us, I, you know, you, you spent a lot of time in politics, worked for, I think, Congressman Eric Cantor, executive director at the National Republican Senatorial Committee, now in the entrepreneurial space and also filling a void in the entrepreneurial space. When did that tug? When did you know that moment? Like, you know, I'm going to go do this. Well, it was during COVID. I was uh, at a great job with fantastic people and uh, really enjoying it. But I just had this itch. When I, uh, in 2014, I started to see some, some cracks where conservatives were getting more and more anxious and upset with corporate America. And, you know, this was pre-Trump and this was before all that. And it has just gotten worse over time. So over COVID, you know, I said, boy, I've been, I've been working a long time working with conservatives and talking to them. And I found uh, a couple of guys who used to work at Cap One who were experts in credit cards. And we just said, you know, gosh, is there a way that we can organize the billions of co- dollars of commerce that conservatives put through cards that you know that give to, you know, the Clinton Foundation, Planned Parenthood, Acorn, billions of dollars going to the left with conservative commerce. And is there a way that we could just on one platform, you know, something that's in your wallet, still give you great visa protections, cash back, cybersecurity, everything you've expected from a credit card industry that's been around almost 100 years. But instead of the profits, instead of everything going to help the left, it helps the right. And so we started it and we've been going like gangbusters uh, since last year. That is amazing. This is a hot commodity. Yeah, there are tens of thousands of people on a waiting list, right? Yes. I mean, if you if you go to the website, you can sign up for the wait list. It's coin.com, real simple. And what you find there is um, uh, just thousands of people. Now, we have thousands of customers, too. I, I want to be clear. We have cards in circulation. Uh, we have customers in every state, Alaska, Hawaii, District of Columbia, you name it. We have customers everywhere. Um, and uh, But there was so much enthusiasm with, when we launched, and, and every time uh, you know, we, we do more stuff, uh, we find uh, people go on the wait list, and, and we're just trying to get cards out as fast as possible. But, yeah, the enthusiasm has been unbelievable. It's been humbling. It's been great. People call us. They write us the email. I love what you're doing. I want to tell my friends, you know, can I get a card? How can I get a card? How can I help? Can I come work at coin? Can I invest in coin? I mean, conservatives are the best. I mean, not only are the best, you know, credit risk, but they're just also just the best human beings. Yeah. And they're, listen, they're hungry to have things that they know won't boomerang around on them. The Visa, MasterCard, American Express are big boys in the industry, but they have woke boards now, woke folks. And when you start looking at some of the banks, some of the things that are going on with tracking of gun purchases and other things, if you're a conservative, it's a scary time to be in the financial marketplace because you don't know whether that company is there for you or not. You're in a very well crowded, in, uh, when I mean crowded, I mean crowded with big boys industry, right? A lot of the big credit card giants are truly giants, MasterCard, Visa, American Express among them. How has the reaction been and how has the engagement with banks? Because that's an important part of being able to put a credit card network together. Well, I don't think it'll surprise your audience. Um, all the banks we work with are in the Midwest. <laughs> they, uh, uh, and it's not that they're Republican. No, they just see a heck of an opportunity with the largest ideological, wealthiest, best credit block in America is conservatives. They pay their bills. I know that shocks you. But um, uh, the East Coast and West Coast bankers, they, 
they sniff and they poke and they look under the hood of this company and say, wow, we really like it. But, um, you know, do you have to be so conservative? You know, <laughs> and it's like, yes, we do actually. So uh, we haven't, you know, our, our banks are not household names, but we're proud of them and, and they're great partners and, and offer the same protection that a big bank that you would have heard of, like a Bank of America or Wells Fargo, like those, you know, the same, same regulatory environment, same protection for customers, but just smaller banks that are excited, proud, you know, and, and really glad to work with us. Uh, but uh, yeah, not definitely not East Coast banks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's going to be the challenge. Over time, though, public pressure can build. Are there things that, if someone is a supporter of Coin and they want to get behind this, what can they do to try to help expand your footprint? Is, is there a way to write other banks and companies and say, hey, we really want to get this? What are some things that just everyday Americans who want to put a little shoulder and muscle into this could do to help you get more traction with the banking community? Well, listen, you can, A, still keep being active consumers. Target stock down. Why? Why is Walmart up? Had record profits. Target down. Bud Light, we know about that. You know, NFL, you know, conservative Disney. Conservatives have said, man, I really, really want to stop what I see and I'm going to boycott. Well, Coin actually offers you an opportunity that, you know, sometimes you have to go into Target. You know, sometimes the kids want Ben and Jerry's ice cream and you don't know what to do. So, so the Coin card offers you the same ability to pay, same ability to tap, swipe, use your iPhone, whatever you want to do. But every time you swipe, we donate a portion of that transaction to conservative charities. So, you know, become a customer. Um, we're good on banks. Thank you so much. We don't want to uh, upset those Apple carts. But, you know, become a coin member. <laughs> you know, tell people about coin. You know, push out the website. Like us on social media. Support this show. Come continue to listen to this show and, and learn about all the great innovation in the conservative space. Um, you know, the conservative parallel economy, whatever you want to call it, is going to be a billion-dollar operation very soon. And people always ask me why, and it's because corporate America, I guess, decided to go to war with their customer about 50 years ago, and they've gotten really good at it. But thank God, through social media and, you know, shows like this, we have the ability to educate each other, spread the word, and uh, and get out that, you know, it doesn't have to be this way. We don't have to support and, 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 and go to corporations that are targeting our kids or indoctrinating in the schools or, you know, um, spending our money to undermine the fabric of this country. And it's just insane. So that's where our customers come down. They say, you know what, um, I, I want cash back. I want protection. I want to make sure my family's not impacted by um, any kind of fraud or theft. But I'm willing to put all my commerce through a card that really speaks to conservatives. So it's great. It's been a really fun adventure, and we're going to keep going and growing. It's been awesome. It's pretty amazing. And the you spent so much time in politics. I, I wonder when you noticed, you know, as a political observer and someone on the field of politics every day, that you know, robust political differences suddenly had morphed into intolerance because that's basically what we we're dealing with right now. Liberals who are intolerant and ideologues in these big corporate American companies, they're intolerant. And so they just want to crush anyone who doesn't fully agree with everything that they believe. When did politics flip that way? Because it seems like we're in that moment of perhaps the greatest intolerance I can remember in a long time in American history. Um, well, what, what I saw, what really clued me in was if you remember back, I think it was 2014, it might have been 13, um, the, there was a couple of uh, radical Muslim terrorists in California 
who had potentially impactful information on their iPhone that would have helped authorities maybe prevent other attacks. And the Apple, you know, Apple company wouldn't crack the phone and let them do it. And I saw folks on the left start to say, well, this and that, and here's why, and Muslim, you know, and, and, and they get wrapped around the axle of, of, of uh, diversity and other things, which, you know, we all are for, but this is a matter of public safety. And I just saw conservatives get really upset about, and they were really saying, this is ridiculous. This is not how it's supposed to be. And then on the intolerance front, um, you know, I think intolerance has always been, uh, I mean, you know, think of the government that's been weaponized against a citizen, you know, IRS during Obama, DOJ under Biden. I mean, they're very good at labeling conservatives, you know, all these nasty names. But, you know, that's when I really started to notice that as someone who's around government um, and then you've seen the media really shift and become activists. I mean, imagine electing a president even 10 years ago whose main campaign theme was that he eats ice cream. I mean, it, it just it has just become such such an alignment of interest. And you're right. And, and the intolerance has grown geometrically in my 20 years around politics. And it's really kind of sad because, um, you know, part of when, when, you know, when, when thoughtful liberals ask me about having a conservative credit card, what does it mean is what they, you know, is that bad for America? And I'm actually like, no, it's good for America because conservatives have a place to come together and feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves and that they're helping America to helping grow the country. When we get suppressed and told, laptops are fake or your thoughts are banned people don't react with silence they, they silence us temporarily but it builds anger and it builds a sense of well if i can't have my voice here in this public place if i can't ask questions then i'm going to get mad you know and you know be a coin or your show or other places where we can kind of ventilate information and by the way you know, conservative conspiracy theories have had a pretty good run of uh, being right lately. So, you know, you start to question the narrative when uh, uh, when it's been wrong so many times. So, uh, you know, it's been, you know, since Trump, I would argue, it's really accelerated. I'm not blaming Trump. I'm just saying, you know, the it just it just happened. And that was a flashpoint where the country kind of came down and split in the middle. Yeah. And, so, you know, the universities, the media, big tech. And the government all came into alignment and said, you know, the press, you know, conversation is over. There is one thought to be had. Terrible. It is extraordinary to see it happen. And you know, it's interesting. Our founding fathers, I assume, probably envisioned a, a moment like this or the temptation to have a moment like this in American history. That's why they gave us the Bill of Rights and they wrote in free speech and, and the Second Amendment and the Fourth Amendment so that we wouldn't get to this point. But they also had another thing, and I think your call to action, your entrance into the market is this, which is if you don't like something, use the free market to create a competitive alternative. And that's really what you've done. And as I look out now, the free market is actually self-correcting a lot of things that people have been frustrated by. In some ways, free market forces still are very powerful for self-correcting things that go astray in America. Do you feel like the, uh, those Americans who have felt suppressed or feel like the country's on the wrong track, that they're getting enough alternative options now that, you know, they got the credit card, they got uh, their entertainment, uh, they got their own uh, social media, that we're now getting to a point that competition has solved some of the problems? 
every day I wake up and say to myself, well, maybe this is the day corporate America shifts back to the middle. And, you know, I no longer have a business. And every day they impress me on how they are dug in. They are in their own bubble. So the universities are cranking out, you know, reliable leftists. Those leftists are going into corporate America. And, um, you know, you look at a Democratic Party that is defunding the police, targeting children, um, indoctrinating, and you, you at some point have to say, well, don't they just stop eventually? But I, I wish I could say I've seen a sea change in both the credit card space or even in corporate America, and it's just not happening. Um, and, um, every, you, know, every, you know, last summer it seemed, I mean, after the NFL boycott, you thought, boy, when the president of the United States is criticizing a multi-billion dollar corporation, they're going to stop. And, you know, NFL got a little bit better, obviously, but the other court, and then this summer, you know, you look at just store and company after company, just deciding to drink the liberal Kool-Aid and alienating their customers. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I, yes, the free market is working that you're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs in the conservative space suddenly saying, Hey, you know, why do we have to, you know, only get our news from this person? Why can't I go to a conservative? Like, hey, why do I, you know, only use their credit card? Why can't I have a credit card that supports my values? Um, why can't I have a news service or, you know, technology? Um, but, uh, and that's been great. But, uh, you know, it's going to, you know, people always ask me, you know, about this. And I always said, we can't, as conservatives, really cede 50 years of corporate leadership. Um, and ask for it back in a day. So we're going to have to spend a lot of time and be very organized, which we're good at, um, to, to really get this thing moving in the right direction. But I don't want to be all gloom and doom for your audience because the great thing about it is, you know, our fellow citizens are responding. I mean, imagine, you know, someone stands up and says, would you take my credit card? Would you put your family's financial health at risk through a startup credit card? And, you know, over 50,000 people sign up, you know, within three weeks saying, yes, put me on the list. I'm very interested. I mean, they're just awesome. People are just, they really are just so hungry for change, uh, hungry for, uh, I would say, actually, things just to go back to normal, <laughs> what we grew up with. Um, but, yeah, so it's been amazing. It is. It's funny. We do kind of long. It wasn't that long ago where the country was still pretty functional. We got along even if we disagreed. It's only been these last five or six years, but it's been an intense five or six years. It feels so long now. What's next for coins? So obviously expanding the base is important, uh, getting into more marketplaces. What what will be the next big step for a coin as it, it continues to expand outward? Uh, you're a little over a year old, right? Yeah, just a year old. Um, well, next is is getting everyone who wants a coin card off the wait list, off, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, to learn about it and to get a card. And then I think there are, you know, a few more products. We get businesses call us all the time and just say, oh, I'm really tired of my credit card company. They're, they locked my funds up. See, people, if people don't experience the funds being locked up as much. You know, kind of some governments, Canada in particular, locked up some people's funds, and that was terrible. But, you know, you'd be surprised if you're a business. I know a business and or I know a, a group of people who are uh, uh, hunters and conservationists and as a part of their uh, raffles, they, you know, this is just an example. People call me all the time, but, you know, they, they, um, uh, they raffle off guns, totally legal, totally appropriate. Everything's done right. 
but they can't move the money because the banks and the systems lock up once they see gun purchase and other stuff. And um, they call me and say, could you help out? And we're, we're not there yet, but you know, you could see uh, maybe in a few years, um, you know, more commercial product that allows businesses, you know, the same protections we're offering individuals, which is, you know, the ability to kind of express your values um, and, and put your commerce through something that, that you support and that, that supports you, um, but just on a bigger scale. And uh, obviously, we're going to be talking to a lot more probably Midwest banks, as, <laughs> as I said earlier, to uh, get that done. But uh, Water always finds the path of least resistance. If they're biting, you go, right? You go right there. Ex- uh, you got it, John. How many people have functioning credit cards right now from COIN? Um, well, we just crossed, uh, over, uh, 7,000 cards wow. and, uh, it's a tremendous, uh, achievement and, uh, you know, it takes millions of dollars to do this and uh, we've been able to do that. This huge tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. But, um, and, uh, our, uh, our thresholds continue to grow and, uh, you know, I, I think we're, we're looking for a really big fourth quarter and keep growing and just keep building. And, um, it's a tough space. It's very heavily regulated. It takes a lot of money. Um, but, um, when you have great customers, you know, um, just to put it in perspective, we've been around, uh, as you, as you said, a year, uh, we don't have one person who hasn't, who just walked away from their bill. I don't want to start by the way, but, um, you know, uh, industry average based on that says we should have about 40 people who walked away from their bill and what's called the charge off. And it's just a, a fact that, you know, we just have really responsible people who, are proud to have a card and uh, just want to make sure, um, you know, they can support causes they care about. You know, we, my, my, my wife uh, was just handed a, a check to uh, honor flight. They fly veterans into DC and a group of veterans from world war two and ever the conflict since came from Hawaii. And uh, they met at the world war two museum and that was all coin. You know, it's not my money. It's, it's coin customers. Every time they swipe, we take a portion of the transaction and put it in our charity bucket, and then our members vote on the charities. We screen four charities a quarter, and we vote. And uh, it was really emotional. And, you know, our, our, our card members were so excited um, when they saw the video of my wife handing this check to the, the veterans. And it was, really, it was a really emotional moment. It was tearful. Yeah, no, it has to be. It's an amazing thing. Well, you're solving a big problem. You're you're filling a big void in the marketplace, and it is very, very exciting. So this is pretty easy to remember, right? Just go to coin.com, C-O-I-G-N.com, and that's how you get started on the journey with you, right? You got it. You got it. That would be great if I could. That's a pretty darn good thing. I'll be signing up today. What a cool thing. Uh, Rob, it's it's really exciting to watch this parallel economy. And this is one of the more exciting entrants because we need that financial connectivity to well, close transactions. And it looks like you're, you're going to be filling that void. Very, very exciting. So thanks for joining us. We're going to bring you back on in a couple of months and get an update because I think a lot of people are going to be interested. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thanks, my friend. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Scott James, candidate for U.S. House in Colorado in one of the most closely watched races of 2024. He'll be with us in just a few seconds. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. 
That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. There are many closely watched House races over the next uh, year as control of Congress hangs in the balance. Republicans not only want to keep the majority in the House, they want to gain one in the Senate and grow the majority in the House. One of the important races that are out there in Colorado, where there's a very purple district and uh, there's a very strong candidate out there. You heard a little bit about him a couple weeks ago uh, on the podcast, but we thought it'd be great to bring him in for uh, a a one-on-one interview straight with you guys. So here joining us right now is Scott. James. Scott, good to have you back on the uh, show. John, it's an honor. I appreciate being able to talk to you and your and your listeners. It is a lot of fun to watch this race because I think this is really one of the flippable, uh, winnable races for Republicans uh, in, the, in the next year. You have been the Weld County Commissioner for a while, so you've been in politics a little bit. This is a big jump up to Congress. What spurred you to do this? You know, I, I, a couple of things. The thing number one is I felt like I personally was not receiving adequate representation in, in the House of Representatives. There was a lot of excitement when we uh, drew this uh, uh, new district in, in the state of Colorado. The, the eighth congressional is, is the new one. And we thought, geez, here's an opportunity to receive representation that's unique to the eighth congressional. It's, it's kind of the north metro area, goes up the I-25 corridor, one of the most rapidly growing areas in the nation, encompasses Greeley, which is Iswell County seat. It is truly diverse. It goes from uh, uh, true suburban, just suburbs of Denver, into uh, that which is rural and agricultural Weld County. It's rich with energy. It's rich with oil and gas. It's rich with ag. And those perspectives simply are not being represented in the House of Representatives. So that is, that's one reason. Reason two is, uh, 
you take the skills, John, that the good Lord gives you, and you apply them to his glory and the service of his people. And as I looked over my shoulder and said, geez, how does a ranch kid turned radio guy, turned uh, mayor, and then, and then county commissioner, how do you even contemplate running for, for the United States Congress? You're just a regular guy. Isn't that what we need? Don't we need a little small town common sense? Yeah. Yeah, there's no doubt. That's what people are craving these days is the professional politician has really worn thin, I think, on Americans. And uh, this is such a fascinating uh, race, because when you look at the um, the last race, I think it was only about 1600 votes difference between the Democrat who won and the Republican lost. So this is a eminently winnable seat for Republicans. And I think the district even has a little bit more red tinge to it than blue. Uh, what are the key issues when you go out now? Because you're out every day engaging with constituents. What are some of the issues that are bubbling up? And how big is the economy as a sub concern or maybe primary concern for most voters these days? Let me talk issues and let me talk the reason why uh, what's I, what I think is truly on the minds of, of the 8th Congressional. Issues, uh, affordability, inflation, the economy are, have got to be number one uh, on the minds of the people in the 8th Congressional District. Our dollar simply does not go as far as it used to. And that's what happens when you print up several trillion of them is, is it dilutes the buying power of the buck in the, in the pocket of the people in the 8th Congressional District. Regular working people out here have a pinch. And uh, since uh, President Biden has uh, become president, we have seen gas prices 81% of the time above the $3 a gallon mark, 30% of the time above the $4 a gallon mark. In a largely commuting district like the 8th Congressional, uh, that, that hurts, as do food prices, as do just the cost of housing. It is, it is the most expensive time in recent history to be able to afford a home. Colorado's even worse as far as the affordability index goes. People are, see, are, are feeling that pinch. The public safety issue is massive for the people in the 8th Congressional District. We see an absolute porous southern border. Porous is a compliment. That would mean that there is at least some resistance. I don't believe there's any, John. And as folks flow across that southern border, they bring fentanyl and human trafficking and drug trafficking right up I-25 and right into the 8th Congressional District. And it's, it's got to stop. I think uh, the, the energy situation must stop. You know, they, they, they blew a bunch of sunshine at us when they called it the, uh, uh, what was it, the Inflation Reduction Act. It has nothing to do with the reduction of inflation and everything to do with the subsidy of green energy. People in the 8th Congressional District are very pro all forms of energy, but they're pro free market. And when, they, they, when the government picks winners and losers, we've seen it time and time again, uh, the, the common person suffers. So those are the issues, but let me tell you what I think the sentiment is. And, and, John, I think the sentiment is people know they're being lied to. They're tired of it. They look back to, to Washington, D.C., and they say, the, these people don't represent us. I'll give you the Jason Aldean situation, the Bud Light situation, the Target situation, uh, the, the new guy, what's his name, Oliver Anthony. This situation, people, there, there's an interesting counterculture taking place, and it's not the counterculture of the 60s and Bob Dylan. This is the counterculture of the common working person that is so replete in the 8th Congressional District. They're being lied to, and, and they're being played for chumps, and, and people are standing up and saying no more. 
Yeah, it's an interesting district. It's got a large Hispanic population, a lot of small business owners. Um, Restaurants have been really hit hard by inflation. I've seen some coverage out in Colorado that maybe uh, restaurants were more disproportionately hit than even other restaurants around the country. Being able to go out to dinner is even a harder thing to do these days, isn't it? It is difficult to afford food on your own table versus, you know, food that somebody else puts on the table for you. And, and yeah, restaurants are a big part of the culture in, in Colorado in the 8th Congressional District. We like to go out to eat, but we can't afford to do that anymore because uh, a tab for a, a couple of people, I take my wife out on a date, it used to be 65 70 bucks. Today it's 120 and and rather than being doing doing something you do on a Friday night now, it's something you do every every two or three months. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They become far and fewer between. There's no doubt about it. Um, crime, you mentioned a lot. Uh, Denver obviously has a lot of issues, homeless crime, uh, a lot of actually self-inflicted issues with the policies uh, that spills into the suburbs. Quite, quite frankly, it spills from the uh, border, as you mentioned. Uh, is that going to be beyond the economy, probably the number two issue out there? Uh, likely the number one, number two issue is is the uh, the public safety piece of this. We have replete on our streets. Uh, uh, you know, the Mile High City, uh, Denver is is a beautiful city, or I should say, was. It has has become uh, a drug haven, basically. I, you know, we we could have a conversation about drugs, but obviously, Colorado has a very permissive attitude. I think that, that people come here almost recreationally, uh, and, and I have complete sympathy for folks who are dealing with mentor, mental and behavioral health issues. We need to lean into those issues collectively as a society and help people who want help. But there's a lot of people, John, who don't. They're freegans, so to speak. They're living on the streets of Denver. It spills up into to Weld County, up into the 8th Congressional District, and Folks don't even they don't even want to go into downtown Denver at night for that night out. If they can't afford that dinner, they don't want to put themselves in harm's way. And you could be doing so if you're going down into downtown Denver at night. Yeah, and it's such a shame because it's such a beautiful city. Uh, the backdrop and the people are great, but it does. It's scary to go downtown. I was out there maybe about eight months ago, and it doesn't feel like the city I visited five years earlier. It just it doesn't feel the same. There's a attention to the city that I hadn't seen before. Um, you talk pretty openly about um, mental health and leaning into that. Uh, it's something that people in Washington are afraid to have a conversation about. You know, it's never here and here, despite the fact that we, we, you know, it's a real issue, particularly when it comes to things like homelessness, drug addiction, things like that. Um, how do you get that into the campaign and connect with voters on something that's sometimes an uncomfortable subject? It is an uncomfortable subject, and it's, it's traditionally kind of a, a not a conservative subject, but it needs to be. In fact, John, political paradigms need to need to uh, need to shift. Uh, county commissioners love to talk about building new roads, but it's a feather in the cap of a county commissioner. That's infrastructure, but we need to talk about investing in our human infrastructure, uh, John. Due to due to situations both policy and and societal, uh, we find ourselves in a place that we've never found ourselves before. Uh, we have mental and behavioral health issues due to lockdowns that I raged against uh, during during the pandemic. We have kids that have become even all the more isolated with a, a screen in their hand at all times. I have a 17-year-old son that uh, that deals with issues. And we need to start being open and talk about how we collectively tackle this problem. Because it is, I want to call it a silent epidemic even, because when I open up and tell the story that I have about struggles with, with, with a son, I, I bring people nearly to tears as I watch them going, yeah, me too. John, people aren't talking about it. We need to. And just as, as sure as we build infrastructure with roads and water and sewer, we need to build it with our humanity. Yeah. 
That is such a great uh, way of looking at it. And uh, I think a lot of people, I could see their heads nodding as they're listening right now. Um, the last couple of years, we're learning about just how much cancel culture and censorship has occurred in America. Uh, you know, the extraordinary uh, subpoenas dropped in the last 24 hours uh, by the House Judiciary Committee uh, to the FBI because there's clear evidence that the FBI and other agencies like Homeland Security were putting pressure on social media to censor Americans' opinions. It's one thing to censor foreign things, but American opinions seem to always have been protected. Uh, how do people look at this censorship debate? There are the people of Colorado are such smart people. There are also people who I think really uh, appreciate freedom and liberty. Uh, the growth of censorship as an industry and with the government's finger right in the middle of it, is it starting to become noticed and a concern for people in everyday America? It, it very much so, because What's happening, and whether people realize it consciously or subconsciously, that angst that they feel, simply put, is they are losing belief in their institutions. And that's the great thing about the United States of America, is we are not a, a, a nation that is of geographic or, or ethnic convenience. We are a nation built on an idea, and that, that, that I, those ideas are reflected in our institutions. And when we have a corrupt FBI, a corrupt DOJ, which I believe them to be, when you have those weaponized against, oh, a former president of the United States, you think the hardworking folks of the 8th Congressional District stand a chance. Have they checked out? Have they hunkered down? Have they said, I'll just try to protect me and my own because the world is too much for me to think about? We must regain the confidence of the American public, and we must uh, clean these institutions out and get them to where they are truly reflective of American values so we can believe in them again. Because if we can't believe in our institutions, we are, and I'll use the term, a banana republic. Yeah. No, it's true. And and uh, uh, confidence in institutions, including my own profession, news media, confidence in Congress, it's all down. And, and that's a bad thing for a civilized society to not trust the institutions that hold society together. Um, there is going to be some big debates this year on FISA reform, big debates on maybe reigning in some of the powers and also the abuses that have been exposed for the FBI. I think most Americans still want an FBI that they can trust and they, and they know there's a lot of great work that get done by the line agents. Does the idea that we have some wayward law enforcement, is that uh, just an issue in Washington, D.C., or does it uh, go out to the beltway? Do people see something in the law enforcement world that doesn't feel like normal to us? I, I think perhaps in the larger federal institutions, yes. I, you know, I live in the small town of, of Johnstown, population about 19,000. We've got a great little police department there. But, you know, there are officers that I know by name. And, and by and large, I think the institution that is law enforcement is is sound, but the, 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 the few bad apples are growing more in number. And I think at the, at the managerial levels, you have uh, an ins institutions that have become politicized and perhaps even weaponized. In the days of the Republican automatically backing the blue, look, I still support men and women who put their, their lives on the line in the protection of, of you and I, but they have to do so lawfully. They must. Because if we don't afford it, if we are not a nation of laws and not men, we're going to ban a banana republic. Yeah, you're exactly right. And and, and it's uh, something that I think more and more people are fearing we're slipping towards. I hope that's not true. I hope we get there. Last question, because foreign policy also very important, particularly when you're running for Congress. 
two years ago this month, we had that withdrawal from Afghanistan cost 13 American lives, clearly an avoidable uh, exit. We, we could have done it much easier, much better, much smarter. Um, it seems to have had a ripple effect that America's standing in the world because of the way we exited from Afghanistan it has been diminished and our, our enemies seem more emboldened and our allies a little less confident in us. Was that a really critical moment in history and are we paying a price for it since? Absolutely a critical moment in history, None, not, not only in the, in the world's eye, but in the eye of that soldier that went over there and served in, in Afghanistan and, and saw the way that we exited. I, I, you know, if you served in Afghanistan, if you serve currently in the United States military, you have my thanks, because I realize that that was not you that made that decision. That was an inept commander in chief who, who absolutely vouched that exit. We, I have a very Reagan-esque view of, of, of military strength. It is peace through strength. We must be strong, and we must be we, – I don't believe in endless wars. I don't believe in being the world's police, policeman. But we need to stand for what is right and be able to have the might to back up that in which we believe. And when you look at, at military recruitment figures – I believe it's it. I believe that goes straight to the top, and and a commander in chief that that has a a uniquely different view of the military than what those who who might want to serve have. We need to rethink that institution as well, John, because it has it has faltered. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, for folks that are excited about what you're doing, whether they live in Colorado or not, if they want to support or get engaged with your campaign, what's the best way to do that, Scott? I thank you for the opportunity to give a little plug there. I am $800,000 behind my opponent who voted against oil and gas, voted against uh, securing the border uh, uh, through border agents. Scott James for F-O-R, Scott James for Colorado.com. Even if it's $10, $15, $20, it makes the world a difference. John, thank you. That's a pretty easy thing to remember, Scott James for Colorado. So we're going to keep a close eye on this race. I think it's one of the most uh, uh, anticipated and uh, closely watched races in all of 2024 for control of the House. We're going to be watching that and in uh, your great work. And it's fun to see. I mean, you've had such an amazing career, mayor, commissioner, radio personality. Uh, this is a big jump, and uh, we can't wait to watch how it plays out for you. John, I'm just a public servant, and I love doing what I do. Uh, I can tell. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Well, what a great hour to have you on, sir. Wish you a great weekend, and we'll be sure to be checking in soon on your campaign. Thank you. You as well. Thank you, sir. All right, got one more to go. A good one. Tim Stewart. Every time he comes on the show, he tells you something, and about three, four months later, I come back and say, hey, he was right again. Well, he's going to do it again today. First, we're going to go and explain why Joe Biden suddenly did an about face and and now basically says the Inflation Reduction Act isn't anything about reducing inflation. Hmm. Well, Tim Stewart told us that a year ago. We'll also talk about rising gas prices, the state of uh, geopolitics when it comes to energy and the future of this country. And of course, the very serious issue of protecting our homes and being able to have gas stoves, gas furnaces, gas water heaters in the future. We'll cover that with Tim Stewart, president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association and founder of the movement called handsoffmystove.com. Go go sign up there today. Be part of the millions of Americans who are going to say, I want my gas stove. Get your regulatory arm out of my kitchen, out of my basement, and by golly, off my deck because you're not taking my gas grill. All right, we'll have Tim right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. 
plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000 or visit tnusa.com slash just news. That's tnusa.com slash just news. Hey folks, John Solomon here from John Solomon Reports. I'm proud to be on the iHeartRadio app every day with my podcast, with the news that we bring, the exclusive interviews. And you know what else is great? You can listen to any iHeartRadio station anywhere in the country inside this free app. I used to listen to all sorts of radio on my AM or FM radio. Today, I don't have time to be in the car that often. You know where I listen? I listen on the iHeartRadio app. It's awesome. And they have some really cool new features, unlike anything else in the market. One of them is called Talk Back Mic. Anytime I have something to say, I tap the mic and send my voice message and then listen to hear my voice on one of my favorite shows. Isn't that cool? You can send a message to your favorite disc jockey, your favorite podcast show host. So be sure to download the iHeart app radio. If you don't have it right now, the iHeart radio app is a winner. Be sure to download the free iHeart radio app today and start streaming your favorite radio stations, your favorite podcasts, and your favorite music playlists right from the iHeart radio app. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. A funny thing happened about a week ago. President Joe Biden said out loud what I think a lot of people wanted him to say a year ago. The Inflation Reduction Act actually wasn't about reducing inflation. Well, we kind of knew that. But for the president to admit it on the one year anniversary of his signature legislature has set off a mad scramble in, in politics. There are Democrats now running from the bill. Joe Manchin, who helped cast the, the siding vote on it, says he's got big regret. He's actually running against Joe Biden at least on this bill and maybe in the presidential election in 2024 in the days ahead. One of our guests long before this bill was passed was on this show telling you this is not about inflation. This is about the Green New Deal and it's going to have a negative effect. And I thought it would be fun to bring that guest back today and have him take a victory lap because Tim Stewart, the president of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, was right on the money. Tim, welcome back to the show. John, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on this uh, one-year anniversary. It's good to talk about this. It is. Uh, and for some reason, uh, Joe, Joe Biden is divorcing himself from the name of the uh, his own bill. And now he says it had nothing to do with inflation. We kind of knew that. But for him to sell it one way and then turn around on the American people, probably not a great political move for him, is it? Yeah, it, it you know, and it serves him right. I think a lot of a lot of us saw John Podesta yesterday or a day or two ago when when they were trying to do their victory lap and they were starting to get some asking questions from the media and trying to backpedal. And the interesting thing was we've gone from from inflation to you know as the Inflation Reduction Act to well, it's actually about sort of implementing the Green New Deal. And then they're trying to. Then he was trying to justify the the implementation of the, of the Green New Deal with well, it's climate change and uh, fires in Hawaii and things like that. This this bill doesn't pass the red face test, and you and I've been saying that for a year now. Yeah, and the consequence is all that inflation. When you go to the gas tank, when you go to the restaurant, when you go to the food store, when you go buy clothing, all of that is driven by something that we thought was going to reduce inflation. 
at least a lot of people were sold that way. Uh, this is a very painful time. I, 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 the other day I was at the grocery store just picking up a couple things and the poor guy in front of me didn't bring enough cash. And, and you could just see how frustrating it was because he pretty much knew what it used to cost and he was stung by the change in, in, in price. He had to go pull the credit card out to cover it. Um, this economy is not working for people. Polling is showing it. Uh, does Joe Biden have enough time to turn this around or is this going to be the pocketbook issue of 2024? It's going to be the pocketbook issue, absolutely. And frankly, you know, I I think given sort of their their long-term philosophical approach, they really don't actually care. In their mind, you know, uh, inflation is a necessary part of the implementation of of this broader climate change. We warned them of that. They ignored us of it. And it's really like it's been really interesting to to watch uh, the the global economy on, on the particular issue of energy. Unfortunately, energy prices, as as you see, they're they're creeping back up. It's not, but it, you know, last year the time was gasoline prices. This year it's gasoline and electricity. And I get asked an awful lot, like, is this you know this clean energy boom that they keep talking about, which hasn't materialized yet? How's that going to impact the fossil fuel industry in the long and short term? And I, I get asked that a lot. And the fact of the matter is, um, even with the most positive clean energy scenarios, the most rosy scenarios they play out, global fossil fuel demand is going to increase another 50% over the next 30 years. That's driven by population and economic growth. It's driven by Asia in particular. And so what that means, John, is that means that my industry, which this, you know, this month we are producing 13 million barrels a day in, in, uh, in production. That is the highest we've been since 2019, pre-pandemic. Um, that requires us to, can, to increase production beyond that 50%. We've got to get from 100 million barrels a day that the world uses today. We've got to figure out how to, where to find and supply somewhere between 120 and 150 million barrels a day by 2050. That's the net zero deadline. So even if we do those, those very positive uh, net zero scenarios play out, we're still consuming 150 million barrels a day in 2050. That's going to have a huge impact on, on a lot of people. So uh, I tell people it's, it's premature to write this obituary for this oil and gas industry. We're going to be around a long time because people still need what we have and what we do. The huge challenge is to figure out where to find those barrels. And the decisions that are make, being made today by Biden are really five and 10 year decisions that are going to make life a lot worse two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years from now, right? That's one of the things about, you know, when you take things off the market, it's a three to five to 10 year impact. Uh, will we, if this course is kept, and we don't have a course correction with the 2024 election, uh, energy is going to keep going up in cost, isn't it? It really is. You know, this is the, the two primary concerns for my industry right now. Uh, one is workforce development. You know, we employ a million workers and, and indirectly employ 9 million more. And our biggest concern is not that the, our jobs are going to disappear like Podesta and others say, no, no, the old jobs are going to go away and they're going to transition to green energy. That's, that's crap. Our biggest, biggest concern is finding enough workers to fill the jobs that we currently have opened, let alone grow that workforce to get to that 150 million barrel uh, a day production level. The other concern we have is that, frankly, these political leaders are making promises on a quick renewable transition that they and industry are unable to deliver. The scale of that proposed transition is so massive and simply not area that. And it doesn't matter if it's the development of technologies, if making them cost effective, actually manufacturing to constructing them and getting them to be adopted. Politicians are making decisions that intentionally are reducing the production use of fossil fuels without a viable alternative in place ready to go, which means that, that consumers are going to find themselves in a situation where the energy we currently use 
which is expensive right now, becomes prohibitively expensive and there's no place to turn for relief and no place to turn for an alternative yet. And that's that's politics at its worst, in my opinion. It is also. It's it's going to be a bad economics too. the long term consequences of just constantly driving up the price of energy. I thought maybe with Joe Manchin turning around, some of the uh, purple uh, district Democrats starting to raise concerns about Joe Biden's uh, clean energy agenda, that maybe the president would slow it down, maybe give us a break going into 2024. But last week he had an interview with the Weather Channel, said he's pushing very hard. This is a direct words. Very hard he's pushing for ending all oil drilling on the East Coast, the West Coast, and the Gulf of Mexico. That is some very important uh, drilling lands and drilling waters to have been taken off the uh, shelf, right? Yeah, it is. You know, and clearly the president hasn't learned from his mistakes and his staff hasn't learned from his mistakes as well. Uh, just a reminder for everybody, 25 percent of the total U.S. oil and gas reserves are on federal lands and in federal waters offshore. That accounts for about 10 percent of our production every day, depending on the year. So right now, if we're producing 12 million barrels a day, 13 million barrels a day, like I just said, if we take the president's face value and say we want to end that, reduce, reducing that federal production to zero creates a market gap of somewhere globally, somewhere between 850 and 1.2 million barrels a day in the U.S. So if you take the president's face value and end all federal production, it puts us right back into a deeper hole than where we were last year. It took us a year to dig out. And again, the problem is, you and I talk about the president all the time with this. It, his statements are likely to be contradicted either by reality or his staff as a matter of days. <laughs> or even him. Hours. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, or even him for that matter. <laughs> yeah, and this goes to that point, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the Secretary of Interior introduced regulations to make it harder for my guys to produce on federal lands. And the very next day, the Secretary of Energy gave a speech saying we need to produce more oil and gas in the U.S. That's just how they are. It's, it's a schizophrenic energy policy. It's unserious. Yeah, it's really scary. I'm, I'm, it's uh, it's something that I think the, the rest of the world looking at scratching their head uh, it doesn't, um, it, you know, they're like, what is the U.S. up to? And it, we're going to affect the entire global economy with this push because we don't have anything to replace it with. So we're just going to create scarcity of something that drives the entire economy. Something else, that at least they seem intent on doing, is creating uh, scarcity for things like gas stoves, which the great chefs and all of us in our homes like to uh, cook on, gas grills, gas um uh, water heaters, uh, furnaces, uh, the list goes on and on. The uh, You started, I think, one of the most important movements, uh, grassroots movements of the last year, handsoffmystove.com. How is that going? And also, while you're ramping up a, a grassroots army to uh, to send a message to local city hall, state legislatures, and, and uh, the president, uh, there's been a lot more attacks, even since the last time we talked, a lot more regulatory efforts to rein in these appliances that are very popular and very critical to a lot of people. Can you bring us up to speed both on the grassroots and the regulatory front? Yeah, you're right. We this is this is going to be one of those really sleeper issues in this upcoming election, you know, in the 24 election, both at the federal, but also the state and local level. There's a lot of people who have made really stupid decisions that they think uh, are going to you know, make a cleaner environment that have just actually will cost their constituents a lot of money. The interesting story and the top story of all of this, and I, I, I believe you covered it on just the news. Um, uh, one of your reporters did a great job. But the, really the top story is the fact that, that the Department of Energy had to go back and lower their estimate for the consumer savings of what happens if you implement these new regulations on gas stove. They said, well, yeah, we were pretty over, over optimistic on what we're, the savings are. It's actually going to come out to $0.09 cents a month per household. 
if you force to swap out your gas stove. So put that in perspective. It would take you six months of getting up your gas stove to save enough money to buy a stamp to send the government a letter that you're expressing how mad you are. That right? puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, good point. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. And and again, this so this goes to the fact that this isn't about efficiency. It is about reorganizing the way that we use energy. That's what they really what they want to do. And they really should be more cents a month per household. That is that is a ridiculous argument, and that does not pass the red face test. Um, but it's been interesting. I think you, you mentioned this earlier as we were just starting that there's some 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 uh, Democrats in purple districts and and some elected mayors who are not quite as uh, electorally sound as they thought they were going to be. They're starting to say, well, maybe we ought to take a step back. That's not enough. We need them to stand up and say, I agree, this is a stupid idea, and I'm going to join the hands off my army folks or hands off my stove army folks, and 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 uh, I'm going to push back on these regs. We're 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 on a really good trajectory right now. Uh, again, because still, the more people want to join in, the more happy we're going to be. We've got a great new initiative that's going to come out in a couple of weeks here, where anybody who's joined up uh, over the last few weeks, we're 17 weeks into this. Anybody who's joined up, we're going to be able to. Uh, on their behalf, send, start sending some comment letters uh, and uh, give them a, a really good portal to, to express their concern uh, to both the state and the federal agencies. And so we look for that to roll out. That's going to be exciting. But um, again, the, the supporters, the, yeah, the supporters, we we just really appreciate them. You know, uh, I mentioned this last time, I think, but you've got, we've got some great folks. I don't know who who they are, if they're listening. We understand and we appreciate the fact that you're willing to go to Walmart and uh, get us a cashier's check and send in anonymous donations repeatedly without your name, not knowing where you come from. That tells me there's some people who are great Americans who are, are really willing to, to join this fight. And if you're listening, we want to thank you for doing that. That is so invigorating and exciting to hear. Um, when you join this, it's a buck a month. You can't even get a cup of, co- a cup of coffee for a buck anymore. You get uh, not only the fellowship of all these like-minded Americans, you're getting weekly intelligence, uh, daily information, and opportunities to start to talk to your legislators, your city hall, your congressional members about how this can be pushed back into the tube. Uh, when someone joins, what do they experience after they get into the handsoffmystove.com army? Well, after the initial euphoric rush, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm doing something good. That's what it is, a euphoric <laughs> rush. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That, that, that endorphin rush that you get. Um, the, the, it, you, you, can stand, you can stand at ease knowing that it'll take 12 years of $0.09 cents a month saving to make up for <laughs> Make up for your your twelve dollar donation, you know. Um, but what, again, we don't we don't want to flood people's email inboxes. But what we try and do is make it really just a concise once a week update. And it's it's very it is concise. Some great click through links that are stove and appliance specific, and and just kind of give people an, an idea as to what's happening. Some of the small victories we would get each week, some of the setbacks that we get. But the reality is is, is you you now can speak with authority as to what's going on and what you can do. And it's, things like this, it, it really is a grassroots movement. A grassroots movement is based on education and activation. And it gives you, it gives you sort of the background and the opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to stand up and, and do something about this. And so, again, we're all run by volunteers, um, not, not funded by industry. It's really funded on a shoestring. And uh, that's how it should be. That's a true grassroots movement. So it's not an astroturf or industry-funded movement at all. It's, you'll see that it's, uh, it's true grassroots. So. Again, we appreciate people taking a look at it and joining in. 
Yeah. Listen, it's fun right now, whether you're, you know, the people are doing a lot of things that are having impact, whether it's boycotting a, a Bud Light or Target or getting involved with Hands Off My Stove. This is a real opportunity to use the free market forces that our founding fathers gave us to send a message. And it does send a message. Anyone who doesn't think that these efforts aren't having an impact just needs to take a look at the bottom line of Target and also the changes. Look how much Disney's changed in the last year, folks, since uh, parents stood up and said, hey, change it or we're, we're bolting. Uh, this is one of those movements that can be forever uh, changed. Um, last question. Please, please go ahead. Yeah, real, real point, if I could, it, you know, if you had told me 17 weeks ago that, that we would have been able to have probably five or six different single legislative victories on this issue coming out of the Congress, telling the federal agency, you will not do this. I would never have believed it. I thought it was, you know, we might have started an exercise in futility when we first started. We realized how quickly this issue has caught on. And uh, to your point, you can make a real difference. Yeah, this is a moment. And this is a time. Listen, silence is, is complicity right now. You got to get in the game and start getting these things fixed. Whether they're well-intentioned or not, they're going to harm America's economic and security superiority if we don't start jumping on them. And that's what makes handsoffmystove.com such an exciting thing. Why I joined right on the first day. I was excited about it. I know you will be too. So go check it out, folks. It's an amazing thing. Tim, we love everything you're doing. We learn so much from you. We're always three, six, nine, ten months ahead of the competition because of the great insights you give us. I want to, as we close, ask you about one thing because a lot of people are taking their last summer vacations. The price at the pump's been going up and up and up and up, starting to feel like uh, it was in the middle of 2021. What's your three to six month projection on gas prices given what the president's policies have been? Yeah, you, you, real quick, if you recall, three months ago, the Saudis did that production cut to prop up the, the cost of crude. It was down in the $70 barrel range. When the administration should have been refueling the strategic petroleum reserve, and they didn't take advantage of that, so the Saudis did that production cut, led to total tighter global supplies, raise the price up. We're now hovering in that eighty eighty-two dollar range. The late summer driving season is almost over. Those gasoline inventories have been drawn way down. I think if you can get through these these couple short-term refinery outages that we had to do, I think you did. Yeah, then that's what you're seeing the prices where they're right now. Um, the big risk is obviously what happens in hurricane seasons that rolls through. I wish I had better news. I wish I had better news. The Saudis are saying, no, we're going to continue to extend these production cuts. U.S. producers are about as high as we're going to be able to get, 13 million barrels. It's pretty dang impressive. Um, we, we used to be a swing producer. We're not as much anymore, just given the dynamics. Unfortunately, we're gonna, I think it's going to hover here for the, in the same high range for the next uh, several weeks, and then we'll see what the inventories are like. Hopefully, they come back down, and folks can have some more money to spend on food and electricity and things like that. There's a lot of people doing things wrong, but the U.S. oil and gas industry is one of the few people that have stepped into the void and tried to give as much relief as they can to the American uh, energy public as possible. And, uh, when you get to 13 million barrels a day, that's, that's a pretty historic, uh, level. And so pretty amazing. And, uh, for all those who work in the industry from the rigs and the planning to everything else that goes involved, you, you have our thanks as Americans because you're making it a little easier on us and what we could have gotten. Uh, Tim, always an awesome to have you on the show. I know we're going to get you on real soon again. Uh, thanks so much for an update and folks go check handsoffmystove.com. That's the place to go. Uh, to join a lot of like-minded people and send a message to Washington City Hall and the State House that you want to keep your stove and your other appliances. Tim, thanks again. We'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, John. All right, folks, that wraps up the Friday edition of John Solomon Report. So grateful you can join. A big thank you to Rob Collins, Scott James, Tim Stewart. A lot of you are saying, hey, John, one more time, how do I join that stove movement thing? Real simple. 
Go to handsoffmystove.com. Handsoffmystove.com. Well, you can sign up buck a month, $12 a year to be part of an army of Americans that are going to get intel on how to fight the effort to regulate out of our kitchens, out of our basements, out of our back decks, some of our favorite appliances like gas stoves, like gas grills, like gas water heaters, gas furnaces. Tim Stewart has started that movement. Go check it out today. It's a pretty remarkable movement in growing by the day. All right, that wraps it up, folks. We'll have a great Saturday edition. John Rich, country star, going to join us, and you're going to get to hear his exclusively his brand new song when we come on tomorrow. We also got Governor Mike Huckabee from Arkansas and, of course, Trent Talbot, the CEO of Brave Books, where I wrote my children's book on the front lines of free speech in America. What a great show tomorrow. We'll be back in the morning. Until then, God bless you. Have a great night. Happy Friday in the dead of August. Thank you. Talk to you tomorrow. Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA employs brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, they've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call one 800 245 That's one 800 245 or visit tax Victor Tax Network USA.com slash Victor. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider.